0: This is Rio of Madison Rising, and you're listening to our acoustic version of the Star Spangled Banner here on KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign.
1: Oh, say
2: can you see by the dawn's early light, what's so bright? Stripes in bright stars through the perilous fight. For the ramparts parts we are we were so gall-
3: are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com.
1: You're listening to the Spark Radio Network. Internet radio like you've never heard before. Innovation, creativity, and imagination are all said to begin with a spark. So fasten your seatbelt and take the ride of your life and listen for the spark. God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern. And on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord. Right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at R-A-H-A-R-D-I-N At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit Amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. You're listening to God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden. Richard will guide you through the Bible and help you find God's purpose for your life. Now here's teacher and author Richard Harden.
0: Welcome to God's Pure Word of Faith. I'm Richard Harden and again I want to thank the Lord and the management of KLRN Radio for this great opportunity to share God's Word with you today. But I want to finish up God's great and precious promises and try to do a good job on it this morning because it's one of the most important messages. That we are linked with God through His promises. He promises that if we call out to Him for salvation, humble our hearts, you know, and uh, turn to Him, and repent from our sins, and, and invite Him to come into our heart, ask Him to forgive us of our sins, He's promised that he will hear and answer us and do that. And that then is how then that we become a child of God. It's through his promise of salvation to us if we meet the conditions. And the only condition is it's just our heart crying out to God and wanting him in us. See, We're born as a baby here on earth without any spirit of God in our hearts. Now, As we start growing up, he starts teaching us. And in Romans chapter 1, verse uh, 20, it says that we're all without excuse because he brings us to that knowledge of him, and we've got to respond positively to it. He's teaching us about himself, and as he teaches us that we're sinners, well, we have to respond positively, that, yes, Lord, I recognize I'm a sinner, and I want to get rid of that sin, but what do I do? And then he teaches us that Jesus is the answer, that we turn to him and humble ourselves and um, ask forgiveness of our sin, and he teaches how Jesus is the answer, because he died on the cross for us. That perfect walk of faith, to, and uh, sprinkling his blood on the cross to meet all those requirements of the sacrifices of the Old Testament for forgiveness of sin. But then he does even more, because since Jesus was then resurrected three days later, we get the forgiveness, we get the cleansing from the sin too. The people of the Old Testament just received forgiveness it covered their sins until the next time they offered sacrifices. We well, see, we get forgiveness of our sins and his spirit then comes in us, cleans our heart, creates in us a new heart, and then he lives in us and we are then engrafted into the family of God as a child of God. Like Ezekiel 36, 26, a new heart also will give you, a new spirit will I put within you. I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I'll give you a heart of flesh, and I'll put my spirit in you. See, we get so much more than the people of the Old Testament did. They got forgiveness. Well, we get forgiveness too. But they had to just go you know, certain times to offer sacrifices to get that forgiveness. You can get forgiveness right now as you listen to me. You can call out to the Lord and ask him to forgive your sins, and invite the spirit of Christ to come into your heart, and he will right there as you're listening. Say, so we don't have to wait for a certain time of the year to do it. Jesus, our eternal sacrifice, we can turn to him any time. You know, that he's standing waiting for us, you know, to turn. And he's ready to forgive any time we turn to him with a repentant heart. You know, one of the requirements is like in Jeremiah 29 13, Deuteronomy. said, said, well, you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. It's got to be a wholehearted commitment. And a wholehearted desire to turn from sin, turn to Him. Now, that is a promise in the scriptures for people without Christ in their heart. Now, once we receive Christ in our heart and we become a child of God, all the other promises in the Bible are opened up to us. Promises for health, promises for, you know, Him taking care of us. I I almost hesitate to say the word prosperity because there's so much negativity with that and in the way some people preach prosperity but but we are prosperous but it means more than just having money it's prosperous and like all day yesterday I had so many things to do car broke down all this stuff teach class last night at a math class in school and get ready for and and God just I was so prosperous in getting the things done yesterday that needed to do in such a timely manner that I couldn't I couldn't have done it myself but the Lord helped me in it. He prospered my day for me to get the things done that I needed to do. That, That's prospering, you know, to be able to get those things out of the way and off your mind and, and satisfy the condition successfully and everything. But there's so much to prosperity, you know, your health and everything. He's got so many promises for us for protection. Psalms 34, 7, the angel of the Lord and around about them that fear him and delivers him. Well, you can just go on. There's. Hundreds of promises in there for protection. There's hundreds of promises for him taking care of us. We turn to him. In fact, there's a couple of promises that that's the only promise you need. John 15:7. Jesus says, "If ye abide in me and my words, His living words abide. If ye abide in me and my living words abide in you, ask what you will and it shall be done for you." So any problem, any concern you have that one promise right there can take care of it. And that see so God's great and special promises are what link us to him in our everyday, daily living for whatever our concerns and everything are. So it's so special. So I'm gonna finish this up today and if something happens then I'm gonna do it again Sunday. And if something happens I'm gonna keep doing it until we get this finished on God's great and special promises because God wanted so much for us to enjoy the benefits of Him. Well, I'm getting on jumping into the message. Everything He double-sealed His promises. He, he stated His promises, and then He wants so much for us to enjoy Him. He made a covenant that He wouldn't break His promise. See, he didn't need to do that because just stating His promises. You know, he, he can't lie. So He didn't need to do that, but He did because He wants us to say He really means that He's got these promises for us and he wants us to enjoy the benefits of walking with him and being his children because we're supposed to be the light of the world just like in the old testament the jews were supposed to be they were supposed to be god's holy people everything as an example of the world psalm 67 david says uh god be merciful to us and your face to shine upon us, and He says that Thy way may be known on earth, Thy saving health among all the nations. See, God was blessing His people that they could be an example to the world, and also when uh, Solomon and God dedicated a new temple, all those special promises the Jews and everything, if they would come before the temple, humble themselves and pray, He'd hear, and deliver them from anything, whether it be pestilence, famine, even if he was punishing them, he said he'd quit punishing them, stuff like this, if they would just turn to him, but in all those promises, there's a verse in there that says, and to any person from the farthest ends of the earth, regardless of you know, which country they come from, regardless of who they are, if they will come before the temple, humble themselves, I will hear and answer them too. See, so the temple wasn't just to the Jews; it was to the, you might say, the Jews first, because they lived there, and it was, you know, a part of their relationship between them and God. But the temple and the coming before the temple and humbling himself, the special promise was to everybody on earth. Now, to have that continuity and everything for new listeners, I'm going to share a bunch of these scriptures that just show you how much God wants us. To be in fellowship with him through these great and special promises. And first, uh, the Apostle Peter encourages us all in second Peter chapter one verse 4 says, "Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of his divine nature. See Now that's how we relate to him and become partakers of his divine nature is through these promises. In our daily life and everything having escaped the corruption in the world through lust uh, and then psalms 89 34 my covenant i will not break nor alter the things that have gone out of my lips and alone on, on, hebrews chapter 6 verse 17 18 whereby god now this is i was discussing it just previously but this is a scripture i was talking about where he made the uh, uh, promise and then he sealed it with a you know a well, uh well, I can't think of it here. Well, like when we were kids, you know, I'd I would make a statement and somebody would say, Oh, that's not true, and I say, I cross my heart and hope to die. See, he, he makes a statement and then he says that he won't violate that statement or break it. Okay. Whereby God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise and mutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. That's the word I was missing a minute ago. He makes a statement then he swears by an oath that he will keep it that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us seeing the promises what help us fulfill our hope we we have hope we have a need for something we have a problem and we're hoping to find a solution we're hoping to get out of that problem of concern well when we flee to refuge to God then through his promises he provides a victory for us. He provides a solution to us. So he double-sealed his promises. And in Galatians 3.29, And if you be Christ, there's Christ in your heart, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promises. God is confirming his promises with an oath. And he wants us so much to experience them. In Hebrews 6.12 it says, and another encouragement here, that you be not slothful or be not lazy, you know, get your Bible out, start looking through different versions, NIV, the King James and different things, what they say, you know, find out what these promises are and then do whatever your part of it is to satisfy your, you know, the conditions for, for you in the promise and then God will back it up and bless you to it I and mean, bless you with it. Okay, that ye be not slowful or lazy, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And then we're encouraged again in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1-2. Let us therefore fear. So it's like if there's anything to fear, this is what we ought to fear. It says, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left of us of entering into his rest. See, because they don't just come to us automatically. They're available to us but we have to accept and receive them by faith. Let us therefore fear a promise being left of entering into his rest, that any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now mixing it in faith is what we must do for the promises that God has left for us. And what that means then, Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So he's left these promises. We need to hear those promises, hear his word of promises. Then accept and receive them into our heart. Uh, Just hearing God's word does not uh, impart faith to us. In uh, Psalms 119, it says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed to the promises and in the Romans 10, 17, where it says faith comes by hearing, and that hearing is also the root word heed. So it's not just hearing with your head, you know, intellectual knowledge, but it's hearing and heeding and receiving his word, his promises, into your heart. Now, that's not too easy to do in a way because they're so great. You know, like the one I've quoted earlier, you know, John fifteen seven. If ye abide in me and my word's abide in you, ask what you will and it shall be done to you. That is such a great promise it's hard to receive that like the one of the men in the New Testament when Jesus was talking to him, he said Lord I believe I know that your word I believe you help thou my unbelief it, it is so difficult to receive that because we aren't used to that type of relationship with God we have to learn and grow into it now he says his promises do not profit us unless we mix them in faith. And he will even help us at that. Like that man cried out, help thou my unbelief. You know, uh, He'll help us too. Now, we must receive the teachings that he uh, brings to us in our younger years. You know, And he brings us to a knowledge of our sin and brings us that Jesus is an answer for our sins. And we must respond according to this teaching pros- uh, you know, properly. But in responding to it, it's not just responding in agreement intellectually and say, yes, I believe God is real, and I believe that Jesus, you know, was God's son. I, for 20-something years in church like that, as a young boy and then growing up, I believed that and everything. But I had never responded properly to it, and this is how you respond properly is Romans 10, 9-10, 13 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth in righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. See, we have this intellectual knowledge, and we believe it. We know that God has you know, revealed it to us, and we know God is real, Jesus is the answer for our sin, but we've got to do it. See, doing it is mixing it with faith because we've got to make the choice then to receive his living words into our heart. Um, Proverbs 4.22, God's words are life to those who find Him and health to all their flesh. So when we receive his words of salvation, uh, what he wants us to do, to receive the life of those words and the spirit of those words. Jesus said in John 6.63, my words are spirit and they are life. To receive that life of the Spirit and His words into our heart, we've got to open our heart, ask forgiveness of our sins, and invite Him to come in. It's just not an automatic process. We have to make the choice to choose the Lord. Now, when we receive Christ into our hearts, we're like engrafted into the family of God. Ezekiel thirty six twenty six in my favorite scripture that kind of describes a work of grace that creates in us a, a new heart, new life. In Ezekiel thirty six twenty six, where God speaking through the prophet said, "A new heart also will I give you; a new spirit will I put within you. I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh. I'll give you a heart of flesh, and I'll put My Spirit in you." See, He's going to take all those sins and all that. Stuff uh, lust and all that things he's gonna clean our heart up. Well, he says he created us in a new heart That's going to be pure When when we become a child of God all those things in our heart before it just we have a pure heart now a new heart and he comes to live in it Because it's got to be clean and pure for him to come and live in it but he puts his spirit in us then and like it says in Galatians four, six, and because your sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Daddy, Abba, Father, wherefore you no more a servant, but a son, if a son, then heir of God through Christ, a joint heir with Jesus, and see to all the rest of God's promises. Now the the promise to the Bible for lost people is that if you'll humble yourselves, call out to him and ask forgiveness, invite him to come into your heart, he will come into your heart and st- creating you the new heart new life and it put his spirit in you to be one of his children see we're a new creation now for the other promises the great and precious promises in uh, to live in the kingdom as a child of god hebrews 11:6 says now listen to this but without faith that is belief acceptance and obedience to his word of the promises but without faith it is impossible to please god for he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. These promises are so great; it's hard to believe that He'll actually do that kind of thing. You know, like in uh, again, uh, John 15:7. If you abide in Me and My words abide in you, ask what you will, because we've never seen anybody that that was fulfilled in their life. We don't have an example here, you know, near us of God answering everything somebody says but he says he will so we've got said Lord please help me with that then and you know and grow to be more like the kind of person that God wants us to be in receiving his word into our hearts, so we can get more of our uh, prayers answered there's another verse in John uh, we call it little John some of the you know the little books in the back of the Bible first John chapter 3 verse 22 here uh, it says and we and whatsoever we ask we receive of him see whatsoever we ask we receive him that means anything that we ask we receive him now we're not gonna be asking silly things but still whatsoever we ask we receive him because we obey his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight I see just obeying the commandments is not the end of it you know, it says, you know, worship the Lord your God and, you know, don't have any false gods. Don't, you know, kill anybody. Don't rape anybody. Don't steal anything. Don't envy and have jealousy and things like this. You know, the, the different, you know, commands we know that that he's given throughout the scriptures for us to obey. It says whatsoever we ask, we receive him because we obey his commandments. You know, we're a pretty good person, you know, and not hurting people and things like this. And do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Now, what is it that we need to be doing that's pleasing in His sight? The very next verse tells us, and this is His commandment, that we believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. And we do that if we're a Christian, that we're believing on His Son. It says, and love one another. Learning to love people. Learning to love people correctly is what's pleasing in God's sight. Praying for those that despitefully use you helping those who are in need. He that, you know, knoweth to do good and doeth it not, him it is sin or an act of sin. Um, you know, husband, dwell with your wives according to knowledge being joint heirs of grace of life, lest your prayers be hindered. Second Corinthians uh, 2, 10 11 says, Forgive others lest you give Satan advantage. Anytime that we violate one of God's rules, you know, of loving one another something like this, we're giving Satan advantage in our life. We're hindering, we're failing to get answers to prayer we're out of fellowship with him so see even though our sins are forgiven we still need to turn to him about these everyday type situations and and uh, ask his forgiveness there and ask him to help us you know to not be that way in uh, philippians two fourteen says do all things without complaining and arguing now uh, each one of us know that would be impossible for any of us to do the rest of our life but when you catch yourself argue when you catch yourself in a situation like it complaining or something say whoops oh Lord please forgive me help me get out of this and, and and help me to do better the next time or something like this to have that attitude of warning his help in that because it it is impossible to walk with the Lord and and do these things and not slip up and now see it's not sin in our life when we do that for an example let me read you here in first john 3 6. sin is the separation of our heart from god and once he comes into our heart at salvation once he puts his spirit in us and creates in us that new heart and everything and he lives in our heart he will never leave our heart jesus says that he will not lose any of us that his father has brought to him so that's not the problem now that we'll ever lose our salvation because see we're now engrafted into the family of God now we can be lousy children and it says in 1st Corinthians 3 that when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ that we're going to be having to answer for the good and bad that we've done now what's going to be bad it's these acts of of not loving people properly or you know not responding and helping in time of need and serving God it's even evil to not seek the Lord for you know his will in your life. Uh, but here's one verse and I'll continue right back after the break, but here to think about it during this. First John 3, 6, you might look that up. Whosoever abideth in him, God, sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth has not seen him, neither knows him. See, so it's saying here that we can't sin now. Because see, sin by definition is the separation of our heart from God but now we can commit acts of sin you know we could murder somebody today we could steal from somebody we could do this those are acts of sin but it's not our the separation of our heart from God so we are living ungodly when we do that we're living like we're not Christians and um, anyway I'll complete this as soon as I get back from this break
1: Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at rahardin.com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see And purchase his books.
0: Each of my programs are being saved so that you can listen to them at any time. There's just four simple steps to find the past programs. Go to www.spreaker.com. That's S P R E A K E R.com. Enter my name, Richard Harden, in the search box in the top center of the home page. Click on the brown icon, which has the Bible, two candlesticks, and a cross in the background a list of my programs will come up.
2: You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason
3: still reign. Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com.
1: God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern, and on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord, right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. You're listening to God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden. Richard will guide you through the Bible and help you find God's purpose for your life. Now here's teacher and author, Richard Hardin.
0: Welcome back. I was just discussing with you about sin. In uh, 1 first John three twenty-two, he states, Whatsoever we ask, you know, ask it in prayer and our needs whatever it is we're asking in prayer we receive of him God because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight now when we don't do those things we're acting ungodly we're acting like we're not children of God you know when we fail to forgive people second Corinthians 2 10, 11 says that we give Satan advantage it's like we're turning from God the living God you know that it loves us so much and, and wants us to forgive that person. Because see, whatever that person has done to us, it wasn't God causing them to do it. It was the devil. So God wants that person to be set free of the devil and to not be like that anymore. So if we hold unforgiveness, we're blocking God's love in our heart to that person. And he doesn't want us to do that because that person is somebody he loves so much that Jesus died for that person too he wants us to be willing to forgive that person for whatever they've done and then pray for that person and allow him to use us to reach out to that person see and to encourage them to turn to the lord or whatever but to be used by god to help bring that person to salvation too and uh, when the disciples uh, ask him one time you know to call fire down out of heaven from uh, on some people Jesus says, you know not what spirit you're of. See, uh, they were wanting Jesus to destroy them for what they had done. And he said, I didn't come to destroy people. I came to save people. So when we're praying for those people back there that have hurt us, that have done things, we're in fellowship with God then because God wants them to be delivered from whatever that type of activity was that they caused you hurt with. Because he doesn't want them hurting other people and not only that he wants their heart in fellowship with him so that they'll be reaching out to other people too see so when when we fail to forgive people we're blocking god's love in our heart for that person and we're completely you know we're out of fellowship with our father and satan then is going to have the advantage it says when we uh, it says forgive others lest you give satan advantage and in ephesians chapter 4 Twenty-six, twenty-seven. It says, you know, be angry, sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. See, so any time, any way that we're blocking God's love, even to teach it, he asks us to teach a class and we reject him. See, we're blocking his love in our heart to those people that he wants us to, you know, teach, and he'll help us do it. We got to trust him enough to say, Lord, I've, you know, I've never done this before, because you know, you know. But help, I, I'm going to trust that you'll help me do this. And then see, you go trusting that he will help you as you go along, and he will. See, and whatever your need is, like that, it said in the scripture a while ago, it says that, but without faith it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must not and believe it is, but he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. you got to trust that he's going to reward you with whatever you need as you're following his uh, call in your life. Uh, what is it, Second Chronicles 12:14 says that Rehoboam, Solomon's son, did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. Well, God's going to ask you to do things, me to do things that we've never done before. You know, I wasn't born sitting talking on a radio, something like that. You know, it had to be a first time, and it was very nervous the first time. But I knew God wanted me to, and then. Witnessing to someone, speaking up and sharing with them. I had the joy this week of, of praying with a lady for salvation. And it, it, it wasn't something, you know, you just do. 1st the There's got to be a first time. And that was such a joy again to do that, you know, every time, you know, like it, it is to see the people's um, the sparkle in their eyes and just their countenance and everything like that. But I had the joy of praying with someone this past week, and, and it really was a joy. And I wish each of you could experience that, to, to, to just see God's or know God's presence there between the two of you, and we both did, and it was so great and everything. But see, that you got to trust that He's a rewarder, because He's going to go with you in whatever He asks you to do, and you'll be working with God, or God will be working with you, however you want to say it. But it'll be you and God working. You're, you're speaking to the person's head, and then He is speaking to their heart, with those words that you're sharing for him, and I tell you it's great. Anyway, so, uh, so we got to trust that he'll go with us and help us as we go. And then the second response on our part is that we have the correct interpretation of scriptures and things like that that we share with people. You know that we have two or three hundred different denominations, and every one of them has different plans of salvation. In fact, you you could pick a denomination, whatever denomination you're in. I would challenge you to do something. Ask the next t- ten people you meet in your denomination, ask them, what is salvation, and see what kind of answer you get. Ask them, what is salvation, and what do you do to get saved? Now, in some of them where it's just written out, you know, like the the rule is, you know, and everything, uh, you might get a sim very similar answer. But I've done it in Bible studies for, and you'd be amazed with with a group of people that is, you know, like primarily Baptist, Methodist, or uh, Nazarene, or whatever like this. <laughs> There's just so many different interpretations there. But we've got to have the correct interpretation if we're going to be pleasing to God. You've got to seek for God's pure word because Proverbs 35 and 6, chapter 30, verse 5 and 6 says, Every word of God is pure. A shield then put their trust in him. Add thou not to it, lest he reprove thee, and thou be made a liar. Because, see, he won't back up what we share then if we're not sharing the truth. And now, I was talking about sin right before left uh, i don't want to leave that hanging like that because i've got back on the promises here uh, when we are you know doing these things that where it says he that doeth do good and knoweth it not to him it is sin sin is separation of the heart from god and our hearts will never be separated from god once he comes in and creates in us that new heart and puts his spirit in us my eternal life started in 1974 the Spirit of Christ has been in my heart since then, and He always will be. Now, what it means that uh, Jesus took away our sins. Jesus had the fullness of grace in Him, or fullness of the work of the Spirit of Christ in Him. Christ in Him. Uh, he was full of the Spirit. Now, on the cross, so right before He died, He cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The Spirit of God... The Spirit of Christ, or however you want to say it, the Holy Spirit, left his heart and left him on the cross alone. The man Jesus dying for our sins and taking our sins away. He took that separation of his heart from God for us. Now, he had never his heart had never been separated from God because from the time the angel spoke to Mary and she received those living words of God from the angel to her, and she conceived then by the, you know, the spirit of those words, Christ, God in her, you know, um, Jesus had the spirit of God in him from that time, from his, you know, con- her conception, everything, all the way up to the cross there when he was on the cross. Now, he fulfilled then, you know, in the Old Testament, they had two uh Animals. They would cast lots, and God picked the one for the sacrifice. The one for the sacrifice then was killed. His blood sprinkled seven times before the altar seat of God. But He was the lamb without blemish, the bullock without blemish, and like that. Well, see, Jesus did that on the cross. His perfect walk of faith. He became our sacrifice without blemish, the perfect, you know, man without, you know, uh, sin. Then, when He was on the cross, then they sprinkled His blood seven times. Two times for his feet, two for his hands, the uh, thorns on his, uh, the thorn of crowns, you know, crown of thorns on his head, you know, the bleeding from that. Um, they plucked his beard, and the stripes on his back, seven ways on his physical body. He was bleeding and shedding his blood before the mercy of God, because God could have struck any of them down if He'd have wanted to, but but he met those sacrificial requirements. But then that other. Uh, Animals that they had brought and they cast lots and one was the sacrifice, you know, it was killed The one that wasn't killed during the sacrifice was our, the scapegoat the priest would pray the sins of the people onto to that uh, Scapegoat and lead him off in the wilderness. Well, Jesus did that in taking our separation from God See because we're all born with no Spirit of God in us. We're in total sin then when we receive His Spirit into us and He creates in us a new heart, new life, we don't have that separation of our heart anymore. We have God in us. The new heart, the clean heart, the pure heart and God comes to live in us then. well, Jesus took that separation for us on the cross when the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God left His heart right before He died and He cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That was when the man, Jesus, was left alone on the cross to die for our sins. He was our scapegoat. He took that separation of his heart from God, and he had never known that before. And he said he cried out with agony. No wonder, because he he, he didn't know what it was like to be without the spirit of his Father in his heart. He and his Father were one. y'all. You know, he he walked and did that perfect walk of faith and everything, walking with his Father. And now he's separated. He said, like, oh, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? See, that's when he took our sin. We don't ever have to go through that separation now. Once Christ comes to live in our heart, it's for eternity. We have eternal life when Christ comes in, creates in us a new heart, a new life, and lives in us. Now, listen to this verse here. I read you 1 John 3, 6. Whosoever abideth in him, abideth in God, sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth has not seen him, neither known him. See, if if you haven't received him into your heart, you haven't seen him, you haven't known him spiritually in your heart. Once he comes in, it says, sinneth not. Listen to 1 John 3, 9 now. Make it a little clearer. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. See, we can't commit sin. We can't separate our heart from God anymore. And that's what sin is, separation of heart from God we can't undo our heart that Jesus created for us and made you know and put his spirit in us and he won't do it because he promised in the scripture he'll never lose any of those that his father has brought to him now read the whole thing now first John 3 9 whosoever is born of God does not commit sin for his seed for God's seed Christ is the seed of God read Galatians chapter 3 The, the the seed of Abraham he said not unto to seeds as of many but to his seed of one which is Christ Christ the living Word of God his seed remaineth in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God See, you can't sin even if you want to now you can commit acts of sin and you can live ungodly like David called out to Abner and said oh Abner Abner whines out die as a fool and Old Testament fools were the people that said there's no God and they're the same today but anyway uh because abner stepped outside of the city of refuge and then the next blood kin of a guy he had killed killed abner and david was saying why do you die as a fool you know you act like there's no god you stepped outside the city of refuge violated god's law because the law was that if you had accidentally killed somebody or something like that you're supposed to stay in the city of refuge until the high priest died that was a high priest when you entered the city of refuge other than that if anybody caught you outside of the city of refuge they could kill you and there wouldn't be any punishment for them and Joab killed Abner and David said Abner Abner why diest thou as a fool we have so many Christians Living like that, living ungodly as if there's no God, you know, uh, failing to forgive people, uh, cursing knows it, you know, despitefully usually rather than praying for them, you know, like this, you know, uh, husbands dwell your wives according to knowledge being joined heirs grace life lest your prayers be hindered husbands and wives fussing and fighting and you know and that and that extends to children too you know the way you're related with your children the way you're related with your neighbors and everything like this but you cannot sin but you can act like it you can commit acts of sin which are just as serious in our lives because they they kill our testimony and and we're not the kind of people god wants to be wants us to be to you know share with others but listen to first john 3 9 again now I'll get off of this but (laughs) whosoever is born of god does not commit sin because you can't separate your heart from god jesus is the one that sealed you you're sealed with the promise of the spirit the holy spirit spirit of christ in your heart for his seed god's seed remains in you you cannot sin because you are born of God. Now, uh, but you can sure act like you're a sinner and you can commit acts of sin. And those acts of sin are what we're going to have to answer for to judgment seat of Christ where it says in uh, First Corinthians chapter 3, it says that we're going to answer for the good and the bad. See, because all of our unforgiven, I mean all of our forgiven sins are going to be erased. God's promised he'll forgive and forget Says for his own purpose, he'll forgive and forget our sins. He don't even want to remember. He don't. He wants to talk about you know our fellowship with him and our love and things like this. Uh, he thinks about us for prosperity. He thinks about us for health and for our good. Now, but the bad that's going to be there is like Rehoboam. He did evil because he failed to seek the Lord. We all have a holy calling. First, I see Second Timothy one nine says God has saved us and called us to a holy calling not according to how much god loves you how much god loves me each one of you listening right now you have a special holy calling in god's eyes and if you didn't know that set yourself right now to seeking it because it'll be a sin act of sin if you don't now see it won't keep you out of heaven but you'll have to answer for it when you stand for jesus for not seeking his holy calling he's got something so special for each one of us and if you feel unfulfilled in your life now That's a big reason for it because all of our hearts create alike with a void that only he can fulfill When we're going down his path toward our holy calling See he can't let you be fulfilled if you're going out here to be a rap star or a boxer or a football player or something like this That's not his will for you now. He may call some people to do that and it be his will but you've got to know you're seeking His holy calling. The nine years I lived in that children's home, nine and a half years, going to church every day. The doors open like that. I, I look back now. I didn't have one adult. I didn't have one person. ask me had I prayed about God's calling for my life. They said, "What are you gonna do when you get out here?" And most of you all I want to do is be a pilot. I said, "I'm Air Force and be a pilot." Why? Well, that's great. That's great. And so like. But of all the adults and all those people, it looked like one of them somewhere would have accidentally asked me, have you prayed for God's will in your life? You know, and, and it didn't happen to any of them out there. You know, like it, it, it was just the God's will, supposedly, is just going to church and, you know, going to church and going to church. But that's not the way it is. We need to each seek a holy calling. If you haven't encouraged your children to seek God's holy calling for them, start Telling them now, start telling them how special they are in God's eyes and that He wants a personal relationship with them. And you help them get into a personal relationship with God. And when they go off to college, they're not going to separate from that personal relationship. But if you just teach them, go to church, go to church, you know, carry your Bible, go to church, do this and do that, would they go to, you know, what good is it? They'll say, you know, there's no answers in this, there's no answers to prayer or something like that, and they'll turn and go away. But you help them develop a personal relationship with the Lord and them seeking their holy calling in their life for what God wants them, and they will not turn from it, you'll see. Because that'll be such a special walk between them and the Lord. Who would want to turn from it? You know, having that joy in your heart of knowing that, you'll. Um, well, you can't really live until you prepare to die. And the only way to be truly prepared to die is to know you're seeking God's holy calling for your life and walking with him and his blessings. But anyway, sin is separation of heart from God. We as children of God can never have our hearts separated from him again, and I wouldn't want to anyway. But anyway, 1 John 3, 9, Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin or their hearts are never separated from God. For God's seed, Christ, is in him, in you. You cannot sin, but you can sure commit a lot of acts of sin, acts of sin, and, and just look like a sinner to everybody else, look like a non Christian and like this, you know, and the things that you say and do and stuff. But that's not the kind of life he wants us to live and everything. So, in the. He wants to have that fellowship, and you know, all those holy promises that he gave, the special um promises are so great that he double-sealed them for us and he says, don't be lazy and fail to miss any of them. Seek God's word for his holy calling. Like Matthew 7 11, he said, if ye then being evil, he was talking to those people there now and not talking to us as his children because we don't have evil hearts now. We have a heart with the Spirit of God, Spirit of Christ in our heart. But he was talking to those people the other day. And he said, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit and good things to those that ask him? See? Now, the fact that we don't see that happening to a lot of people doesn't mean that this is not true, not a true promise what Jesus is talking about. It's just that we need to start seeking Him with all our heart, seeking Him for His service. You know, in, um, what was Jonah? When uh, Jonah was in the belly of that large fish, he was running from God, didn't want to do what God wanted him to do, but God then, uh, you know, got him stopped, turned around, and he was in a large fish. Jonah in there rededicated his life to the Lord, but he didn't ask for deliverance. <laughs> he, he didn't ask for deliverance from the fish or anything, but he did rededicate his life to the Lord. Listen to this prayer in Jonah 2, verses 9 to 10. Uh, now, he didn't want to go to those people because he didn't like them, but he was going to go because God you know, kind of straightened him up and headed him that way to everything. But anyway, Jonah 2, 9, But I will sacrifice unto thee. Now, he's in the belly of this large fish. We say whale sometimes, but it was just a large fish that God had prepared for him to keep him from drowning everything he says but i will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving now sometimes we have to just thank the lord in going through sometimes when when we don't really feel like it but we know that god's going to get us through and he's going to take care of whatever this is and we start offering what we call a sacrifice of praise because of you know it, it it just might not seem like the thing to be doing right then you know okay but anyway but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. See, when he turned back to the Lord and everything, and, and got his heart right with God, he hadn't asked for God to deliver him back out there. Uh, in fact, later on in the book, he says, you know, just kill me, you know. In chapter four, because after God forgave the Ninevites, and it still made Jonah mad and everything, and he finally just said, "Oh Lord, just take my life," like that. That's how he felt about it, because he he was just didn't want to be a part of the Ninevites being forgiven, everything. He didn't like them and everything. But here, see his prayer, and that's what we got to do. We got to seek God's face, uh, like for His holy calling. And then he'll supply everything we need in such a, a manner that we'll have an abundance overflowing to help others as we go to our holy calling. Now, in, uh, let's see, Psalms chapter 50. Psalms chapter 50, uh, when will God hear an answer? It says, uh, offer to God thanksgiving and pay thy vows to the Most High. And call upon me in a day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Now, he says, call upon a day of trouble he'll deliver us. You know, like in uh, Hebrews a while ago, it says we must uh, expect that he will hear and answer us. You know, Um, how was that worded right at the end of it? I want to see it. In uh, Hebrews chapter 611 where it says he that cometh to god must not only believe it he is but that he's a rewarder of those that will seek him that's right a rewarder we need to develop that relationship with god like it says here in psalms 50 that we'll know that in the day of our trouble he'll hear and answer us uh, his hands not short says in psalms 59 1 and 2 uh, behold the lord's hands not shortened he cannot save his ear heavy he can't hear but our iniquities have separated between us and our God, and now here it's talking to Old Testament people it says, "Your sins have hid his face from you. Now see uh, that's not for us Christians because see, uh, we don't have the sin like I mentioned a while ago in there. We've committed acts of sin, but we don't have our hearts separated from Him thing, and your sins have hid his face from and he will not hear. Now see, we need to make sure that our fellowship with God is restored. In Psalms uh, let's see, uh, 116, it says, What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? And the first thing the psalms think of is, I will take the cup of salvation, call upon the name of the Lord, and pay my vows. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be letting God search our hearts as Christians and getting back in fellowship with him. You know, the old timers used to what they call pray through. It wasn't as praying through to find God. It was as praying through to get their hearts and their fellowship reestablished with the Lord and to repent from uh, things that they had been doing like that. Getting back in fellowship with the Lord. In uh, Proverbs, excuse me, not Proverbs, Philippians four six, it says, "Be anxious for nothing." So whatever your problem is, be an- don't be anxious about it, and just you know what, uh, they get fearful and all this that doesn't do you any good don't worry about it that doesn't do you be anxious for nothing don't worry but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be known to god get in the habit of immediately turning to the lord when you start feeling anxious or especially if you get to the fear or something you know in what is it? proverbs uh, 3 verse 25 and 26 it says To not fear Be not afraid of the sudden disaster or terror that comes on the wicked. For the Lord is your strength. He will not allow your foot to be snared. See, you may have that sudden fear. But as soon as you do and recognize that, let that be a red flag to pray and turn to the Lord immediately. Like Jehoshaphat did, surrounded by three armies. He said he feared when they told him he was surrounded by three armies and everything like that. He feared and set himself to seek the Lord. See, that's what we should do anything that will cause us to start getting anxious especially fearful don't let it get that far along but you start getting anxious about something set yourself to pray with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be known to god see the thanksgiving comes from the fact that you start counting your blessings back in your past and remembering those things god has done for you before and that encourages you then like david said one time he encouraged himself in the lord well that's what you're doing when you're with thanksgiving, counting your blessings and and remembering what God has done for you before and everything, and you know that He's not going to leave you this time, so He's going to be right there with you. So be anxious for nothing, but in all things with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And right now, I hope that you will take that as a red flag any time you start getting anxious, fear. Set yourself to seek the Lord. These great and special promises are to us today and He'll prove them to you. He'll back them up to you. He wants you so much to be a part of fellowship with Him through the special promises because that's how we get our fellowship established back and forth with the Lord is through His great and precious promises. John three sixteen seventeen. 17 For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, Jesus, should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world, condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, my revision is this for John three sixteen. For God so loved the people of the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus, that Jesus should endure the loneliness, the suffering of the perfect walk of faith, and the painful sufferings of his seven sprinklings of his blood on the cross, by the crown of thorns, the plucking of his beard, the nails in his two feet, the nails in his two hands, and the terrible stripes on his back, that Jesus would go through all this suffering. God allowed these sufferings in his mercy, so that all of God's already pre-elected, predestined people prior to birth to die and go to heaven, that they would actually die and go to heaven. That sounds so ridiculous. If only predestined or elected people prior to their birth go to heaven, then there would have been no need for the work and suffering of Jesus. No one's destiny would or will ever be changed by Jesus suffering and death on the cross for our sins and salvation because everything required for our salvation would have already been done prior to our birth by God's act of electing and predestining us to heaven or hell before birth. After God has predestined us to heaven or hell, there would be no need or no more to be done in heaven and earth. would already be finished before our birth so what's happening here is the devil hates Jesus so much that he's come up with this Calvinist devilish deceived theology that would have us think that we're predestined or elected prior to birth to go to heaven or hell and that would make all the suffering and work of Jesus as our Savior totally unnecessary totally worthless and Jesus totally useless for his life and death on the cross would not change anything prior to you know people dying and going to heaven or hell because it's already been done by god predestined and electing them to heaven or hell before we were born see how ridiculous that is good day god bless you
1: visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at r-a-h-a-r-d-i-n.com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. You
3: are listening to KLRN Radio where liberty and reason still reign.